This is the four-man rush. What a rush. Welcome to the four-man rush. This is episode number eight. This is your main man, Kevin. I got my ride or die partners with me tonight, Will and Larry. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. On tonight's episode, we're going to discuss uh, the Panthers open up the Hall of, uh, Hall of Fame, the declining of Vernon Butler's fifth-year option, the release of safety, uh, Denora Searcy, and what that leads to as far as the safety position for the Panthers. So just jump right into it. I mean, it was long overdue. You know, the Panthers Hall of Fame has been around for 25 years. The only player that was in the Panthers Hall of Fame was, you know, the late, great Sam Mills II. As far as who else is in the Hall of Fame wasn't players, but with Panthers president Mike McCormick and the PSL owners, as far as players go, Sam Mills was the only one in there. Well, with this being the 25th year of the Carolina Panthers franchise, Mr. David Tepper decided it was time to open up the Hall of Fame for the uh, franchise and decided to uh, welcome in Panthers greats quarterback Jake DeLone, wide receiver Steve Smith Sr., tight end Wesley Walls, and left tackle Jordan Gross. I mean, anybody that's a Panthers fan and know the history know how important these guys are to the franchise and what they meant and how they played. I mean, some of my best Panther memories all involve each one of these guys. And, you know, when I heard it, it just really took me down memory lane. Had a lot of flashbacks from from my early teenage years and early adulthood to, you know, during that time frame, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. But definitely I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm happy and I'm proud to be around to see these four gentlemen go into the Panthers Hall of Fame. Start off with you, Will, when you uh when you heard about the list, what was your initial thoughts? You know, you got um X Clown made me want to go back and watch that, you know, Smitty to Jake to get us in the NFC championship. I mean, Steve Smith, I'm glad he finally, you know, put that uh negative stuff behind him. You know, he didn't have the best exit from Carolina. You know, so it's good to see him back, you know, on good on good terms with the franchise. That's just like what Tepper's doing, you know. Uh, Jordan Gross even had a tough exit from the team. So, you know, Tepper's kind of rebuilding all of these relationships and, you know, rebuilding that with the uh, Panther legend. So, I mean, it is what it is. I just think I, I agree with the first class, you know. Steve Smith, every Panther fan loves Steve Smith. There's just not a lot to say there. You know, Jake DeLone, you know, he's the definition to keep pounding. You know, he started out in NFL Europe. You know, for you young guys that wasn't around back then, that's basically like a guy coming from the AAF playing quarterback and coming into the NFL as a backup, then taking over and leading the team to a Super Bowl in his first year as a full-time starter. So, I mean, the Jake DeLome story is something I'll always remember. You know, Jordan Gross and Wesley Walls, they're just the definition of consistency. Just gave us several years of solid play. So, I have no complaints. I think the right four guys were – rightfully in this first class. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, uh, especially the part where you said about Mr. Tupper, you know, uh, mending bridges that were, well, we got, we could call it for what it is, that was burnt under the uh, Dave Gettleman era with uh, with how things went down with uh, Steve Smith and uh, Jordan Gross, but 
I like the fact that, you know, he's pretty much coming in and he's trying to, you know, right all the previous wrongs in any way that he can. But over to you, Larry, like when you think about these four players, like what are the things that that come to your mind first when you think about each one of these players? Well, I got memories. I'll start with Jordan Gross, man. The first thing that stands out to me is just consistency. You know, he was really hurt, really had a down year, couple all pro selections. You knew that you were getting the same thing out of Jordan Gross each and every week. And the fact that he played the left tackle position is even more important because it's hard to get that. And most Panther fans today will know we haven't replaced that for seven years, well, six, seven years now. So I'm going to miss that about him. And I'm happy that he, you know, he got inducted into the Hall of Honor the way he did. And also what's funny to me about Jordan Gross is how immediately after he retired, he lost a ton of weight. He don't even look like the same person anymore. I need that secret. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I need that secret too. Seventy pounds in three months. Sign me up. <laughs> for real, for real, man. But uh, I have nothing but positive memories about Jordan Gross. As far as Steve Smith goes, I got great memories with him too. Especially the Super Bowl. That's how he became my favorite player. Um, honestly, a lot of fans frown upon it, but I like the fire that he brought, especially in the locker room. Like, you know, he had to break a dude jaw. That just showed you the kind of mentality that he was coming with. So I really appreciated that about him and that's probably the biggest reason why I'm a Steve Smith fan and the last thing I think is uh the most exciting play from Steve Smith is when uh I think Cam threw him a ball that was really really high we were playing against the Saints and it seemed like he jumped like six feet up in the air snatched the ball mid-air turned around stiffed on the defender ran for a touchdown and you got Roman Harper coming over to play dirty yokes him up slams him on the ground like just that mentality of Steve Smith is forever going to be remembered as far as Panther history goes. So he should have been the first player in because that's the kind of attitude I want everybody to have. Just be nasty. And everybody know about Jake the Snake. I used to pick him up in fantasy, you know, like 2003 through 2006. I used to use him heavily, helped me win a couple of championships fantasy-wise. And uh, who was the uh, – Wesley Walls. I used to use him in Madden, Madden 99, Madden 2000, Madden 2001. He was my go-to guy, so – I got memories with these guys, and uh, who was the first person? Casey made it. John Casey is in there. He's an all-time point leader, so you can't really, can't really argue with that. I know people mad about, you know, the, the messed up kickoff in the Super Bowl, but you can't take away from what he did all these years. Man, everybody make mistakes, but he's forever in my heart as well. Yeah, quick correction. Now, Casey didn't make it, but you know, he's definitely someone I think when the doors open up again, I think him, Peppers, uh, possibly. Um, TD might be going in in that second round of um, of entries here, but yeah, man, I mean, you, <laughs> yeah, that that whole fire patch my Steve Smith. As you were saying it, I was just thinking in my mind. I was thinking about that fight. You know, we was down ten nothing against the Saints at home, and you know, a lot of people forget about that play, that block by Jonathan Stewart on Jonathan Vilma. I mean, flip mode was the squad. You know what I'm saying, like. <laughs> You know that that Wait, was. I'm sorry. Who the four players? Okay. You got Smith, uh, Smith, Gross, Delhomme, and who? Oh, Walls. Okay. Walls. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that's our Fab Four on this on this go round. <laughs> you know, just just hearing you guys talk about it, man, just bring about more memories. You know, Jake. You know, what I'm saying with his playing with his butt cheeks hanging out. You know, what I'm saying because his pants tore and. And who could forgive? You know, forget Steve Smith that playoff game at Chicago, man. I mean, he just straight torched i mean you know you know that bears defense you know peanut tillman just just 
felt the wrath. I mean, him sliding down on the goalpost, man. Like that was one of my, you know, favorite celebrations of his. And and then, like you say, who 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 don't love the the Jake DeLome's come you know story, man? I mean, you're talking about like you said, a guy that went as his own words from nobody to the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, I know fans want to always just think about that playoff game against Arizona. We had the five interceptions and the fumble. Man, that, that whole man's entire career from 03 to 06, Jake DeLong was a top 10 quarterback, and I argue anybody that thinks differently on about that. You know, that's just me. And, uh, you know, Wesley Walls, his touchdown celebration where he plays the guitar and then shoot at like he's shooting, man. I mean, all that, man, is just, just some of the best memories I ever had. And like you said, with Gross, one, one thing else to throw about Jordan Gross, you know, whenever needed, he flipped flip back and forth. You know, he came in as a right tackle. You know, when we drafted him in 03, you know, on that Super Bowl run. And, you know, it seems like he moved back and forth maybe two or three times throughout his career here. But no matter what side, you got that same production, you know. And the biggest misconception about uh, Jake is people say, you know, Smitty made him. But they forget his best season statistically was without Steve Smith. You know, Steve Smith got hurt. What was it, first or second game of the season? You know, it was pretty much Jake DeLone, Moose. We had Nick Goins in there because Foster and Davis got hurt. You know, and that team, banged up as it was, almost carried us to the playoffs. We were in it to the last game of the year. So, yeah, man, don't sleep on Jake. I hope next go around we get a guy like, you know, uh, some of the names that I thought might have made that first cut, and it's cool that they didn't. But Moose and Muhammad, I look at him as an all-time Panther great, and I look at Mike Mentor as well as an all-time Panther great. It's those two names. I would have been a little bit happier if they made it as well. Yeah, also like uh, Chris Jenkins. You know, he was the best player at his position at one point. You know, him and Warren Sapp was going back and forth at it. He had them debates on who was the best defensive line, Carolina or Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. Them uh, Chris Jenkins versus Warren Sapp days were, uh, yeah, it was pretty fun and intense. Yeah, I think about that game. The field goal game where we won 12-9 and we uh we blocked the field goal to uh to win the game in Tampa, man. It was just nothing but defense and just hits and just good old slug fest. You know, stuff you ain't gonna see no more these days because all the rules. But I mean, and Will, I mean, you brought up another point, you know, about um about the 2004 season with uh without um Smitty. He went out that Monday night game. We opened up at home against Green Bay, and that's when he that's when he got hurt. And you know, people like to say, well. DeLome had better talent. He had Smitty and, and Muhammad. Well, if you think about it, he only had them together one year, that 03 season. Because, you know, in 04, you know, Smitty was hurt. And in 05, you know, Muhammad left for that bit money in Chicago. So, and then 2005, Jake came back and wanted to, you know, help Smitty get the triple crown. So, all in all, man, I mean, hey, you know, it's always Jake Cam debates, but I love them both, man. You know, I, that's just me. But moving on, you know, now that we discussed the Hall of Fame here, ah, now comes the fun subject here. Uh, my main man, Vernon Butler Jr. As it was made clear, which I expected based on, you know, what's happened uh, with Vernon Butler, uh, the Panthers had to May 3rd to decide that they was going to uh, offer him a fifth-year option, and they declined it in my opinion, rightfully so, because had it been offered, he would have got about a little over $7 million for the uh, 2020 season as his uh, fifth-year option. And quite frankly, his resume don't support that. 
you know, for whatever reason, one way or the other, you know, and I've been in many heated debates for many days with several Panther fans in the Facebook groups about it. But, you know, um, it was a right move from a business point of view. But I like the fact that Brandon Butler showed up 20 pounds lighter and seems that uh, he got opportunity with this new hybrid defense that we're going to do. And I, I definitely think that best of Vernon Butler's is ahead of us. I was ahead of him rather. And I, I look forward to seeing what he's going to do, but from a business point of view, yeah, it was right to decline his fifth year option. Larry, you know, me and you, yeah, you know, me, and you done went back and forth at about Butler several times, but in all honesty, um, what do you feel overall about the whole Vernon Butler situation, the good, the bad, and the ugly? I kind of figured they wouldn't pick up his option when we saw him poll last year. I mean, he just hasn't lived up to the expectations. Eric Washington has been one of the best D-line coaches for the past two years, and I still don't see the the progression and the growth as far as his technique goes. Um, you do see flashes, though. You see flashes of a first-round pick. I think that might be what Gettleman saw, you know, drafting him in the first, but technically speaking, he's just a first-round bust. So, you know, hopefully he can prove himself this year. Hopefully he can go get himself a contract, whether it be with us or somebody else. It just – I look at him as a bust. I don't really see much upside. I think it's a problem when you're a first rounder and you got a 30 plus year old and Kyle Love taking your snaps. So, you know, the door was wide open for him. He had he had time to show his coaching staff that we didn't need Poe. He had time to show the staff that he was better than Love and he didn't either. So hopefully he actually, I know Will was talking about it, but there is some value for him as a backup. He can definitely provide us some depth that we need and give us some valuable reps, maybe 30 40% of the reps every game. Because like I said, there are flashes of greatness, but you just don't get it consistently every play. And that's what it came down to, man. He just wasn't a consistent football player. So it made sense to go ahead and not give him that option. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's a frustrating player to watch. You know, maybe two, three plays out of a game, he does great things. But then it's just after that, he disappears, and it's just a lot of inconsistency. And I think after – four years, it's like, you know, how much longer do you want to continue to give them chance after chance? You know, I mean, I agree, he's a first-round bust. You know, what's the point of a fifth-year option? It's because you can retain your first-round picks for an extra year at a cap-friendly deal. So, you know, by not picking it up, you know, you're losing one of your first-round picks, one of the advantages of, of a first-rounder. So, you know, I mean, that's been the past, though. You know, he is what he is now. So the question is, can he be a solid contributor for the team going forward is maybe a rotational player to help give KK and Poe a breather. And I think that's what we'll find out this year. You know, hopefully being on a contract year, he's going to be more hungrier this upcoming season. And maybe, you know, we see the best of them. So we'll see. Yeah. And, you know, for those and I know I'm in a minority, you know, being someone that still has expectations and things like that. And it's not that I don't disagree with, uh, most of what you guys saying, you know, he yes, he has been inconsistent. You know, look at the whole situation. You know, him being picked in the first round, you know, when you think about it, you know, that was that was a move by Gettleman to, to, to get short to re-sign with us for uh, at a cap-friendly deal, which he did, you know. And whether it's his fault or not, you know, Butler being picked in the first round, you know, the expectations come with that. Now, had he been picked second or even third, you know, the labels of a bus wouldn't apply, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, when I look at it, you know, I have to be honest, but I also look at the circumstances. I mean, he's like a three technique, just like Kwan Short, who's 
consistently one of the top defensive tackles in the league. And so he's definitely going to get his lion's share of snaps, especially for the amount of money that you paid him. You know, last year I was hoping that he would he would get the spot left by um, Starla Toulier. But according to Rivera, he's not a natural nose tackle. And just kind of left him out there in limbo. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you got to produce. It's all about results. Uh, I'm definitely going to be his biggest supporter. You know, I reach out and, you know, chit chat with him on social media from time to time, you know, showing support and, you know, letting him know what I think. But, you know, I'm going to be on this running Butler, you know, bandwagon until he just shows me different or he's no longer on the team. But he's someone that I feel like coming in 20 pounds lighter was a step to show that he's ready to show what he can do. And I'm going to be one of his biggest supporters. And I definitely look forward to seeing what he can do in 2019. Hey, Kevin, that's where I got a little bit of an issue. And I think that was just Ron trying to be a player's coach. He said he wasn't a natural nose, which I get. But he had the measurables and the athleticism to be. So don't tell me that this guy can't play anywhere in the interior, but you're going to take Rashawn Golden and tell me he could play free safety. Like, it's all about it's all about position flexibility, right? Don't tell me Vernon Butler can't play the nose when he's a freak athlete. He was worth a first-round pick. It just came down to he wasn't living up to it. So you just that's Ron being a good coach, covering up for his plays. But that man could have played nose if he wanted to. You see it. You see him bull rush centers into the quarterback every once in a while. So it's like, don't tell me that the man can't play this position, he can't play that position, but you're taking the 4740 Rashawn Golden, who played nickel all his life, and put him at free safety. So I, that's a smoke screen. Honestly. Butler could be a lot better than what he is. He just got to show us the motivation. I know that KK is the high-paid guy, but what I feel, what I will say is fair about our coaching staff, the guys that deserve reps, get them. You show them in practice you you deserve to play, they're going to find a way to get you on the field. I've seen that in all the positions. So like, it is what it is, man. Hopefully he can become a good rotational player for us. Yeah, and for everybody out there listening, if you get a chance, uh, go to the four-man rush on Facebook. I actually did a breakdown a little over a month ago about uh about the impact of Vernon Butler. So you could definitely uh, check it out and and um you know see what I see and you know just give y'all some 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 footage to go with the voices that you hear about it. Now, you know, with that being said about Vernon Butler, we also found out that you know the Panthers made a move by releasing safety Denaris um Searcy yesterday and this allowed there to be an opening. They also released offensive attack Isaiah Battle. So that left two openings left on a 90 man roster. But you know the main thing with Searcy, I mean, I was I had high expectations. well, I don't say I want to say high, but I had moderate expectations of him. You know, he seemed more like a box safety, but he showed flashes at Tennessee and you know, last year he started off as the starter the first two games, but if I believe correctly, he got like back-to-back concussions and he just went on IR. So definitely, um, as a Tar Heel fan, I'm going to miss him from that note. But, you know, any chance to improve and get these younger guys reps, you know, such as a Galden, uh, such as, you know, a uh, Quinn Blandon, um, such as, you know, other guys that we brought in on this roster. 
you know, I'm all for it. You know, let these young talented guys see what they can do. You know, don't just have them on your team just to hold, you know, hold down the water cooler. Let's let's get these boys some reps and let's see what they can do. Will, when you um when you found out that Cersei was was being released, like what type of thoughts, you know, came to your mind about it? Well, with uh Cersei, I hope he gets a sound medical opinion and talks to the right people, you know, talks with his family and really considers stepping away from the game because having concussions that close together, that's just not a this is something you don't want to play with. So I think for his sake, you know, it might be time to hang him up. It's just unfortunate. He couldn't really finish out his contract and make an impact with us. No, but with that said, you know, I think the safety position still in a to-be-continued state. You know, I know Herney's on the radio talking about, don't forget about Rashawn Golden. You know, I want to give the young guys a shot. But, you know, they said that last year with Cameron Artis Payne, and then they signed C.J. Anderson like the next day. So I still think uh, free agent safety is going to be a strong possibility with these two roster spots we got left. You know, Rashawn Golden, um, I don't think he has a good, he has a skill set that can contribute to this team. I just don't think it's at the free safety position. I think it's at in the box, you know, playing downhill, reading, react, you know, filling gaps, kind of like a hybrid linebacker, nickel type player. You know, we had someone drafted guys come on board you know Quinn Blanding he's built like a linebacker plays in the box as well you know he might be able to get a spot as Eric Reed's backup you know Colin Jones he is what he is I don't expect him to be considered to be a starter or get any significant snaps unless somebody gets injured so I just think you know we lack depth at the position right now and I expect Herney to make some moves in free agency to help at competition, you know, and if Golden's the last guy standing, you know, I'll support him. Well, I got some thoughts about that. Y'all know I'm the Golden hater, apparently, but I'm really not, man. I root for all the Panther players. But what makes four-man rush a little bit different, we listen to the press conferences, we listen to the interviews, we listen to what the coaches say, we listen to what Herney say, but rather than just take their word for it, we go to the tape and find out ourselves if they're telling us the truth or not. So Herney the other day, he was like, uh, yeah, Golden is real athletic. So, you know, my main man, Will Harris, he go ahead and start doing some film on him. I believe Kevin Avery pointed out that, you know, Golden's best game last year was against New Orleans. So I guess Will went to that New Orleans game, and we, we saw a play where pretty much a nobody receiver. It wasn't a Michael Thomas. It wasn't a tag in or anybody that we're familiar with. But God ran a straight non-route, and uh, – Golden was in single high coverage. He had to he had to support, you know, Dante Jackson over the top. There was no break. There was no 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 hesitation. There was no double move. Something made Golden jump at the receiver instead of just taking care of his own. And if you look at the film, both players got burnt. That just like what Will said. That's just a guy that never played that position before. And that's what I'm talking about earlier with Butler. Like if you think Butler can't play a position. Why do you think another player can go ahead and play a position that they're not natural with? I understand you want this versatility, but nothing about Rashad Golden's numbers screams athleticism. So with the holes in the roster right now, looking at safety, I, I just think that's a smokescreen. You can't tell me that Rashad Golden is our starting free safety, whether him or Rita interchangeable or not. I know our system, how it works. I just think they're going to probably address that position. I'm screaming for maybe Trey Boston or Eric Berry, anybody, to be honest with you. I just don't want a guy that's 
you know, running a four six four seven forty, stopping us, uh, stopping us, stopping other teams from getting the deep ball off. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know, uh, you know, Colin Jones runs a four three. You know, what I'm saying we can always throw him back there at the top. You know, since you know you like you don't like guys with four six forty. You know, we could throw a four three guy back there, and you know. <laughs> You know, let's see. Let's see what happens. You well, know, I'll let you, I'm going to let you continue, Kevin, but since you addressed that, I don't want you to make I don't want it to seem like all I care about in the secondary is speed because that's not it. Colin Jones runs a legit 4-3. I'll tell you a positive about Rashawn Golden. The guy is extremely smart. Like that play I just went to, if you look at his key reads and his react, his reactability, it's on point. He's a very smart football player, but he has limitations athletically that's going to probably have him to struggle if he's got to play deep, like play in deep coverage. I just think he's best close to the line of scrimmage, you know, somewhere in the nickel. I think he's best at getting in somebody's face, being physical. He's a very physical football player. So play to his strengths. Don't put him somewhere where he's not comfortable. That's all I'm saying. So let me ask you this then. I mean, just because I'm not really, you know, I'm more familiar with what goes on in the trenches. So, you know, we keep saying that he's not that athletic, like, during the offseason, like, are there things to improve where that can be something he gets better at? Or is basically athleticism basically either born with it or you got it? You know, because I've seen some guys that, you know, come in awkward, you know, and and eventually, you know, they they get better at it. You know, you know, the biggest thing from this offseason was everybody was talking about, you know, you know, DK Metcalf and how he runs a crazy speed time, but his you know, agility and mobility is just like, you know, below standard for the position. So I was just wondering, like, with a hard offseason, is there, could there have been any type of drills or any type of training that can help Gordon possibly be a, a, a single high potential safety? Well, when you look at athleticism, well, you have field speed, then you have track speed. You know, he's not a combine athlete that's going to shine at the combine but he makes up for it with his IQ. He can read and react and process things very quickly. So if you can be a step ahead of everybody else, you can play at a faster level. So that's what they mean by play speed. But the problem is, you know, his play speed's effective at the nickel position where he's played his whole college career. You know, now you're going to put him in single high safety where he's got to learn a new position, start reading route combinations differently, you know. And it's just a lot to learn, lots of process, especially for a rookie. So I think um, definitely last year there was too much of a learning curve for him to make an impact at all. You know, in his defense, I haven't seen him this year. I don't know what steps he's made or how much um, improvement he's made or how much he's processing things. You know, Herney and Rivera know that more than me. So, I mean, I mean, we'll see. I'm willing to give him a chance. I just think we have an opening at nickel. Why not let him compete for that job that he best fits at? So, you know, we, you know, with our blog, you know, we mentioned, you know, unnamed players like, is there anybody that potentially that we may have picked up, whether it's, you know, unsigned players right after the season was over with um, anybody from the AAF, you know, undrafted free agents, like is there any potential single high coverage type guys on our roster or do we basically got a bunch of bot safeties and, hoping for the best because, uh, you know, like Larry mentioned, you know, guys like Trey Boston and Eric Berry are still available. And, you know, oh, yeah, by today being May 7th, 
you know, we after 4 p.m., we can sign any additional free agents without losing any of our comp picks. So that's uh, that's something to keep in mind as well uh, for those that's keeping track. But is there is could the answer possibly be on our roster or are we just going to have to squeeze something out of free agency? I'd like to hear uh, both of you guys about that. Larry, first thing you will. I don't see the answer on the roster. My favorite safety that nobody is talking about, you know, as far as undrafted guys or – AF guys is Quinn Bladen, like you guys mentioned earlier. I love his tape, but again, he plays a very similar role to Eric Reed. I don't know what kind of range he may be able to have. My whole thing is Ron Rivera's defense has always been built on keeping everything in front of you, not giving up big plays. So what you going to do when they send that, put a guy in the slot? What you going to do when you send that guy a non-route? So I don't think that answer is on our roster. I think it will be addressed via free agency. Um, I'll be honest with you. I never was a huge fan of Trey Boston. I thought he had a lot of upside. I thought he was a playmaker. I remember him having a pick six against Atlanta, but he used to uh, overrun a lot of stuff. He used to whiff on some tackles, so he got some weaknesses too. But still, at the end of the day, I think he's a better option than what we have in our roster, and that's why I'm for a signing like Trey Boston. Uh, Eric Berry, he's pretty good too, but the issue with him is – is he going to be healthy? He's a perennial all-pro when he's healthy, perennial. But that's a big if because we haven't seen him healthy in quite some time now. Yeah, another guy that's a free agent we may take a look at is uh, Darian Stewart, who was back there with um, what's my man's name from uh, Denver. Uh, can't believe I'm forgetting his name, but there that no fly zone. You had to keep to lead Chris Harris, Darian Stewart, and that other safety. Um. You know, he's a hard hitter, but remember that uh, helmet hit he did on Cam? I don't know how much the fan base will be accepting the, him coming to Carolina after that. They'll but, forgive him, Will. They'll forgive him because yeah, when they see that yeah. tape on Golden, he's forgiven. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I think there's veteran. You know, Vaughn always times veteran safety options. You know, ever since, you know, Kurt Coleman and Roman Harper. And we had, he bought in Mike Adams. You know, we had that other boy on. Um, Griffin from Tennessee. So I expect them to sign. We got two roster spots. You know, they're not going to cut, seriously remove depth from one position and not replace it. It may not be a guy we like, but, you know, I think they'll definitely add competition to that safety room. I don't think we can go, you know, depending on the guys we got now, just not enough proven. As far as other guys, we might want to look at. I mean, I was doing some tape studying and research, we did sign this guy from uh, BYU, Kai Nakua. You know, he tested very well athletically, runs a 4-4, but you go on YouTube, you see him get knocked out. You know, he can't throw a punt. So, <laughs> you know, having him on him and Hearn on the same team may not be a good look. But, you know, he did play 16 games with the Browns, started three. You know, he had a pick six in the preseason when he was with the Ravens last year. So that might be an under-the-radar guy that may have a chance to compete but uh, I don't expect no but other than that man I, I just think I don't think the answer is on the roster they got to add more competition to this room so we can just be strong at every position I took a brief look at uh, Corey and Ballard dude from Utah that we picked up and I think they might be looking at him only because it was hard to get good film on him because he played so deep so, like, he's used to playing single high. He's used to playing deep thirds and stuff like that. He might be an option. You know, there's always somebody, you know, 
in that pool of camp bodies that steps up and earns a roster spot. Are we talking about looking for a starting safety opposite of Reed? I just don't see it on the roster, Kev. I'm being honest with you. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, guys at camp, you know, they converted him to safety uh, uh, Cole Luke, you know, out of Notre Dame. You know, first couple of camps, he's been cornering. And then I saw this past offseason, they, uh, they switched him to safety. So, you know, does a guy that has a history of being able to cover it. I mean, can he make that transition? I mean, again, just throwing names out there. Um, you know, like I said, going to have probably eight or nine guys that we take to camp to sort out, you know, in the safety spot. But I trust, you know, Herney and Rivera have pretty much been making very solid moves all off season. So, you know, as Panther fans, we just got to be patient and, and definitely pay attention to what's going on in every practice um, down at uh, Camp Wofford. And, you know, just to let you guys know, four-man rush will be on the scenes down in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina, possibly for the last time in Spartanburg, South Carolina, depending on um, what Mr. Tepper does because the contract is up at the end of this year for training camp uh, with uh, Wofford. So, you know, we'll see how that play off down the road. But we'll definitely be on the scene to – give you guys our spot-on analysis and breakdown of what we're seeing with our own eyes and definitely bring it back to share with you guys. But um, to wrap this up, you know, fellas, overall, I mean, the Hall of Fame, you know, being opened up, I'm I really glad to see that. You know, it was long overdue. It was long overdue. And I'm Team Butler. You got to make me look good. You know, I've been going to war with him, over him since he's got here. I caught much hell and played Game of Thorpe and everything over this dude. So, you know, I, I, he owed me. You know, he definitely owes me. And, uh, you know, the safety thing, we just got to be patient. But you're right. Two slots is open. You don't remove depth unless you got a plan. So I definitely feel like uh, something's in the works. We just got to be patient. I think they're waiting on um, – you mentioned some, some, some extra money getting freed up in June, right, uh, for the Matt Khalil deal. I think they'll probably. I know we wanted to see a move happen now, but I think what you told us earlier privately made sense. You know, wait till that date come, free up some more money, make sure you get your rookie signed, then you go ahead and get the safety you want. If uh, Trey Boston or Darian Stewart didn't sign by Friday, I'd be shocked personally. I don't see them. I mean, they got to do install, mini camp, and all that. You know I mean, you want your starters probably out there for all of that stuff. So I think just give it till Friday. I think you'll see. You know, Darian Stewart or Trey Boston. I'm going to call it right now. Well, fellas, you know, great job tonight. Really appreciate what you guys said and giving your explanations and reasons behind it. We really appreciate the support that y'all give the four-man rush. We read every comment, and we try to reply back as quickly as we can. Definitely keep checking us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Well, we're definitely going to keep you guys informed, and we definitely – We'll let you guys know. We may not be the first, but we're going to be the best. Stick with the four-man rush, and we're going to take you guys places that you deserve and that you've never been before. So on behalf of myself, Will, and Larry, uh, the guys behind the scene, as always, thank you guys. This is Kevin Avery with the four-man rush. Panther Nation, until the next time, y'all take it easy. Yes, sir. Keep on. Take it time to really let it breathe, so baby just chill. Yeah.
She love it, we out in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill out the covers and do we call me and you love us cause I just The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you.